Tuesday, August 16th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Mann, from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager, and from Motley Fool Global Gains, Tim Hansen. Guys, I've been on vacation for a couple weeks. Anything happened in the stock market while I was gone? Pretty uh, flat. No, pretty flat. Yeah. All right, we have economic news from Germany. We have got the smackdown between Home Depot and Lowe's, but we will start with Walmart. Quarterly profit rose nearly 6%, but same-store sales in the U.S. were, wait for it, down for the ninth straight quarter. Uh, Tim, we've seen this movie before. What did you think of the quarter? Well, you know, on the bright side, they weren't down as much as they had been. So uh, so that's a, that's a good thing for the company. It's it, it's more stability than, than perhaps some were expecting. Um, profits were up on account of some cost cutting and some other things that they did. Uh, the company became more efficient. And once again, Walmart, like many multinationals, the story here is really growth abroad. Um, thanks to currency benefits and, and organic sales growth, uh, international sales were up more than 16%, which is a, a pretty big number for a big company like Walmart. I continue to think it looks uh, very attractive relative to the valuation. And are you okay over there? Keep going. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Bill, 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 Bill Mann having a little trouble with his uh, with technology his head, headphones. And uh, you know, at, at you know, fifty bucks a share right now, I think Walmart is a, is a is a really good pick for for people looking for um, relatively stable global exposure with a kind of an emerging markets kicker. Joe? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And we're big fans of Inside Value. Um, You know, one thing that gave me a little bit of pause today was a WSJ article talking about perceptions around how big a competitor Walmart is on price. And the perceptions have changed there. Like, people no longer view them as the flat-out, low-cost leader. That's because they killed all those people. (laughs) I mean, those people are gone. Well, they stole all their jobs. Wow. Killed was kind of a harsh way. Sure, yeah, probably a harsh way. That, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you've got Amazon popping up there, and I don't know. It was just an interesting thing to read that perceptions are changing, and they are re-emphasizing what they call EDLP, which is that everyday low price strategy, and, and particularly in Brazil, they're trying to, to drill down on that as well. <laughs> you know, like a lot of companies, I think they sort of, you know, lost sight of what exactly was their their, their real trigger of success. Walmart mm-hmm. is pricing, you know. Whole Foods, it's experience, that sort of thing. Whole Foods is never going to compete on price. Walmart probably shouldn't start competing on shopping experience because yeah. the shopping experience is, frankly, horrible. They can compete with, like, yeah. big lots if they want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Walmart's trading for 12 times sales, and Amazon's trading for 12 times sales? Oh, I'm sorry, earnings. <laughs> I've, been, I've been talking sales. They're trading for 12 times earnings. Amazon's at 86 times, so there is that, too. Yeah. Tim, we've talked before about sort of this notion of the economy being bifurcated, which actually appeared That's in a couple... a big couple word for you. It is a big word for me. I've been on vacation. I've been <laughs> in the dictionary. I wanted to bone up. Um, uh, but one of the things that uh, Walmart's CEO said on the call was that what they are seeing is people trading down. They're seeing more customers starting to trade down to really stretch their budget. Um, also, in, more use of things like food stamps and that that sort of thing in the grocery division. You know, we've said less use of bifurcated. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a two speed economy out there. You know, the other retailer that had great earnings uh, today was Saks, and Saks is obviously a very high end retailer. Yep. Walmart's completely on the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, you know, and Walmart again continues to see sales declines uh, at its U.S. stores. Some of that is competition. Some of it is just lower basket uh, values. So. You know, the, the divide between between the rich and the not-so-rich in this country does appear to be real and widening. Joe, you mentioned Amazon. Uh, Amazon's market cap is around... Are you purposefully avoiding Bill, by the way? Because oh. it's fine if we are. Uh, <laughs> you, you didn't get the secret memo? <laughs> um, Amazon... What? What? what, what? 
<laughs> we'll, we'll tell you about it later. Um, Amazon's market cap is around ninety billion. Uh, Walmart's around one hundred and eighty billion. Five years from now, what are the odds that Amazon is the bigger retailer? Wow! In market cap, yes. Hmm. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah, that's a. This is great radio. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, that's a tough question. Well, <laughs> um, let me see. I'm gonna. These guys slide rule out. Five years, I'll take Amazon on that one. Bill, you agree with that? No, no. Joe's Why? wrong. No, because Joe's wrong. Back <laughs> well, to you, Chris. Why, why is Joe wrong? Because he's wrong. I took too long to think about it. Yeah, exactly. Too much thought. He should have gone with his first first thought, which is Walmart will be the larger of the two. Walmart's had an, an astounding growth trajectory. If you look over the last ten years, and their stock has not moved, hasn't reflected it at all. So. I think there will be a reversion to the mean with uh, with Walmart over time. So if the you know so if we're talking about market cap, mm-hmm. I just disagree. Tim, uh. <laughs> <laughs> in the face. Uh, no, absolutely. There's another. You know, Walmart does about three hundred billion dollars in sales in the U.S. and about a hundred billion uh, outside the U.S. You know, the opportunity outside the U.S. is probably five hundred billion dollars in sales when it's all said and done. You know, Amazon. I don't think, it, frankly, is going to be able to approach that. Okay, so Joe's wrong. If we agree on anything, it's that Joe's. I wrong. mean, that's. Generally, a, a I'd safety say valve. Yeah. yeah, right. All right. The latest GDP. Let's get to the interesting stuff. German GDP. Exactly. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> as, as a matter of fact, the latest GDP numbers from Germany are in, and they were up zero point one percent up in the second quarter. Uh, so basically, <laughs> basically flat. I mean. Uh, I mean, yeah. isn't isn't Germany the rich uncle of Europe? What what is going on with Germany's economy that it's essentially well, flat? Still relatively better than everybody else. Exactly. Is but the... how troublesome is that, Bill? Um, not troublesome yet. I mean, you have to remember, you know, you you have to remember certain things that have happened over the last uh, over the last quarter. One of the biggest things was the Japanese earthquake, which wouldn't seem like it would affect Germany, not being anywhere near Japan, but. Germany shuttered all of its uh, nuclear power plants over the last quarter, and that's had an, a, a real economic impact, and they're still adjusting to it. So I'd say over the next couple of, uh, of quarters, it's something to watch. But, I mean, they did pretty well given. Tim? I'm surprised that people are surprised by this. Uh, frankly, you know, Germany had a very good Q1, allegedly. but That got revised down today. That did get revised <laughs> down. But, you know, the thing is, there are a lot of different statistics that are out there about, about national economies. And I think the least, the least reliable ones, the ones least worth looking at, are the ones put out by the governments themselves. You know, one economic indicator we, we just use as a rule of thumb is uh, the Philip Morris International Sales Volume Results. How many cigarettes did they sell in a given country? Because it's pretty pretty stable product demand. And, you know, the, the fact is in Europe, that continues to fall very sharply. And so any economic results that are saying those economies are doing well when they're buying far fewer cigarettes, mm-hmm. to me, didn't make a lot of sense. And I think we saw the reality come out today. And we also saw the uh, leaders of Germany and France come out today and proposed balanced budget laws for all of the countries in the Eurozone. Uh, Bill, you don't have to stifle your laughter. You can you can let it out. So safe to say you're not optimistic on that actually yes, happening also, or yes. helping. They're also mandating an increased use of unicorns for transportation. <laughs> hey, both those laws are going to pass. It's just oh, a matter yeah, of can they get the shot. unicorns in the in the shop? Look, the anti-unicorn people are, are mobilizing right now. I, you know. <laughs> There, there are differing levels to get back to, to Tim's point of how much you can trust uh, you know, a, a country's statistics. 
you know, I'd say with China, you you trust them none at all. But basically, at the, at the end of the day, you're asking the countries themselves to self-report. And so if there's some sort of political, you know, if there's some sort of political reason why they're going to have to hit a number, they're going to hit that number. So, yeah, they can pass this law. That's 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 awesome. Joe? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to bring it back to Walmart and Amazon. So I just pulled up on the iPad here. Over the last 3 years, Walmart's compounded its top line at 3% annually. Amazon has done 33. Germany. I'm just saying, these are very big numbers <laughs> what we're talking we, about. What Three completely derailed. Hey, Uncle Joe has arrived. I didn't realize we were buying you seven minutes to finally devise a, a rebuttal. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I tuned it out. I was and another to... thing. So, so all that time we were talking about Germany and the European economy, you were just tuned out and just focusing. You were running your charts on Amazon and Walmart? <laughs> Yeah. You know what? I want you to stay after class this today. This is you're gonna, great. You're going to have to bang the erasers. <laughs> oh, what were we talking about again? <laughs> Back to uh, Germany and Europe. Uh, Tim, you mentioned uh, Philip Morris. Aside from that, uh, going forward, what is something that you're looking at to sort of judge the health of the European economy? Don't say Walmart and Amazon. Yeah. We're, we're all... We'll just, we'll just, have we moved on from that? <laughs> I'm really interested in how many sales Amazon can do in Germany. That's, <laughs> that's going to be a killer for me. No, uh, unemployment, I think. Would be one statistic. Um, yeah, because those worth watching. Are, those numbers are right. Those numbers are well, <laughs> <laughs> they're directionally right. The magnitude is probably off. But as, uh, you know, in Spain, for example, I don't, who knows how many people in Spain are actually unemployed? But the number that they report keeps going up, and that and that is uh, concerning. Yes. Bill, Bill, what about you? At some point, you have to get off of the statistical inferences, and you have to pay attention to things like: Is Greece collecting tax revenue? I mean, at, you know, at, at no. the end of the yeah, the answer is <laughs> the answer the, is still no. On the answer that. is still no on that because that, you know be, because ultimately what is going to save Europe and save the euro is better performance in these countries. Uh, you know, in things that are actually kind of blocking and tackling in some ways. Joe. Yeah, well, I think it's important to consider that Walmart pays out half their <laughs> earnings and dividends. So when we're talking about market cap versus total return, that's a factor. Because Amazon retains all their capital. And finally, <laughs> shares of Home Depot up today. Quarterly profit up 14%. Joe, this is an Atlanta-based company, and you're an Atlanta born and bred guy. So it's got to be a company that you're watching closely. Yeah, I've been watching them for years, and it's been nice to see them go through a, a turnaround from the Bob Nardella years, which were cold and lean. <laughs> yes. um, I mean, Home Depot's done a great job of turning around their business. They got away from their core specialty of just focusing on retail and customer service. And just by getting back to their roots on that, they've managed to turn the tide on Lowe's. I mean, same store sales were up 3.5% this quarter, and Lowe's were actually down. So it's a pretty nice quarter to post, especially in this environment. It is amazing how profitable you can be when you do things like get rid of employees, like all of them. Is that the credit you're you're giving to Home Depot? No, that's the Nardelli years. Oh, I mean, okay. You know, when when suddenly the, the you know the the guy who you know who was the expert at paint you know uh, that was the stock and trade at Home Depot for for years is they had they had experts there and so suddenly in the Nardelli years they had these financial targets and they hit them by getting rid of I mean the customer experience in some ways. I mean, just to show how, how surprisingly good I thought Home Depot's results were, um, I, I had previously owned shares of a small company called U.S. Home Systems, which runs sort of store-within-a-store operations at some Home Depots in the country, doing cabinet refacing, bathroom refacing, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. 
And I was looking at Home Depot's results in you know, the first quarter, and they were sort of tepid. And you kind of look around. You see the consumer environment struggling. And, yep. and so I, I elected a few weeks ago to sell my U.S. home system shares at what I thought was a relatively fair price. They followed up by posting blowout earnings. <laughs> And then Home Depot follows up by posting serious earnings momentum, and that to the point now where I'm, uh, you know, it's such a small company that most people haven't even noticed. So I they have, have the opportunity. Now. Yeah, <laughs> have, may have the opportunity to buy those shares back. But it's uh, like I said, this one completely blindsided me. It's pretty impressive to, to pull this off in this type of consumer environment. Well, and I think that there's a tendency, certainly among some in the media, to look at Home Depot as sort of. Uh, one of the proxies for a part of our economy. And when you look at the Home Improvement Center, but Joe, you mentioned Lowe's earlier. And I mean, I think of Home Depot and Lowe's sort of in lockstep with one another. But as in terms of how the companies are functioning, um, Home Depot is going in one direction. And unfortunately for Lowe's and their shareholders, it's going in another. I mean, one of the things I read today is that um, this is the ninth straight quarter that Home Depot's same store sales have beaten Lowe's. Yeah. Um, I mean, is funny. Is, a couple of years ago, it was the total opposite. It was the total opposite, and I think it had to do with Lowe's strategy being the the not Home Depot, and it was Home Depot was frankly pretty easy competition at that point in time. So, is part of the story here that Home Depot is just methodically taking market share from Lowe's? Yeah, well, they've been picking up share. I mean, for the longest time, they were just bleeding it away. You know, one of the nice things is they're so specialized, or they're just specialized enough to where they don't run into kind of the best buy problem. Uh, where they're getting poached from Amazon and Walmart. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. when you think of you know, down and dirty supplies you need for home, you think of a Home Depot or Lowe's. You, you don't, don't really want think those of being mailed to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, do you have a, uh, in terms of the home improvement spectrum and everything that goes into it, um, what is your best home improvement skill, Joe? Oh, man, I, I can't really do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can vouch for that. Tim, what about you? Um,. You know, we, we we just got got our house ready to sell, so I've been doing a lot of fixing up around the house. I'm, I'm getting pretty good at painting. Okay. Yeah. Bill? I could do, like, change light switches and things that involve electricity. Is there, but is there is there going in the other direction, is there something where you're like, no, 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 I, I, I can't Call the get, professional? I can't get involved in that. Plumbing. Plumbing, I mean, Tim? Plumbing. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'd shy away from electrical for the most part. Yeah, I was going to say. I turned the power off in the entire block before I started. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry about your fridge, Mrs. Smith. <laughs> Joe, do it. What, what is the one you absolutely? I mean, it sounds like you stay away from all of them. But is there one in particular? He's that, kind of anti-labor. Yeah, well, you know, I like to outsource where I can. Take it to the specialist. All right, Joe Mager from Inside Value, Bill Mann from Motley Fool Asset Management, Tim Hansen from Global Gains. Guys, thanks for being here. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery, which is Dustin Whitmer's third favorite podcast. We got an email about that. Thanks, Dustin. Guys, you're my third favorite podcast. We appreciate it, dude. Yeah, thanks. Can you tell us the first two? And drop us an email, radio at full.com. You know, tell us where we rank in your podcast list. You know, we want to be number one. Uh, We'd like to be in the top three, so at least we get a bronze. We've got room to grow in the world of Dustin Whitmer, which is nice. Absolutely. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And another thing about Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're not a cranky old man. You're a cranky.
You're a cranky young man. Leave us all the earnings. How dare you question my prediction? 